Well, good morning, church. It's good to be back with you guys. Uh, I missed uh, sharing in, in Sunday morning worship. It is truly a delight every time I get to be here with y'all. But I was actually joining. I was in the middle of running. I was about at mile 12 when y'all started worship. And uh, I was right there listening along, singing along with each of y'all. And so I, I know uh, Pastor Aaron did a great job um, sharing that message last week. So. So today we get to wrap up our sermon series on launch, what it means for us as a people of God to be sent on mission. We talked about how God has called all of us, right? Each and every one of us is called, that God has said the, you know, the workers are few, but the harvest is plentiful. And then Pastor Trevor talked about how we're called to travel light and trust in God and God's provisions in this work. And then last week, uh, Aaron shared about the tools that we need and that we need to stay focused, right, and do the work and also how important it is to not try to do it alone. And today we're talking about how we are called sometimes to shake it off. Because the reality is, is that oftentimes when we share the message, we share the good news, we do the work that God has called us to do, we're either the people who maybe prepare the field, or maybe we're the people who are planting the seeds, or we're the people who are nurturing the growth. Only very rarely are we there for the harvest and get to celebrate with heaven. And that there are times when we have this message of good news and love and people just reject it. And I don't know about you guys, but I do not like rejection. Anybody in here like rejection? Of course not, right? We want to be liked. We want people to love us and like us. And sometimes we're afraid to do the things that might mean rejection. And if we're going to do what God has called us to do, that means that there are going to be times when people will reject the message that we have. But Jesus calls us to shake it off. Before I was the pastor here, I was the pastor of the Charlton Wesley. And my first summer there, I met this young man. And I could just see the God-given potential in him. I could see that, that God had great plans for him. He was a talented musician. He, he was a leader. And I could see this was a, a young man that God was going to use for the kingdom. And so for three years, I poured into him. We met all the time. That whole summer, he wasn't even a part of the ministry, and I, I spent the whole summer just working hard to convince him to be a part of it, and he finally did. He joined, and he was an integral part, and, and, and just every year, I poured into him until the time came where we were hiring interns, and he applied, and we hired him as an intern, and I was so excited. I was like, this is it. I can see God's call for his life. I'm so excited that this is coming true, that, that he is accepting what God has for him. Well, we hired him as an intern, and and things just did not work out. He, he spent more time focused on partying and being a senior in college than on the call that God has for his life until it got to the point that I had to call him into my office and let him know that he was fired. Now, if, if you know anything about me, I do not like that. I, wanna, I just want to love people, right? I want to tell them how great they are. I want to tell them how awesome God is in their life. And so to take this person that I had poured into it hurt, and it hurt me deeply to say that this isn't right for you and, and letting him go. And, it, and it's so hard when we have those moments, right? And, and no matter where it is in the spectrum of when you're thinking about sharing your faith and someone has rejected you and they've rejected the message, and it's so hard to open up and to be vulnerable again, right? If you've ever been rejected, you know how hard it is to be vulnerable. And, and sharing your faith is a very vulnerable thing. It can be a very painful thing. A very difficult thing. And when someone rejects that, it hurts. And it hurts like on a visceral level, right? And that's why Jesus calls us to shake it off. 
The reality is that when we are called to be launched into ministry, we don't know which part of that spectrum of, of the preparing the ground, the planting the seeds, of, of nurturing the crop, or being there for the harvest that we're there for. So we may not get to see the fruit of the work that we do. In fact, that's going to happen more often than not. And there's a reality that when we share, and we share who we are, we share our love with people, that people are going to reject it. But we are called to swing big, and when we miss, because it will happen, to shake it off and keep sharing the good news. Our scripture this morning comes from Luke chapter 10, starting with verse 12. This is what it says. Now, we talked about how in verse 9 that Jesus had accepted his messianic mission, right? He, it says that he resolutely turned towards Jerusalem. This is the point of his ministry where he knows that the end is coming. And so he's turned his face towards Jerusalem. He shared his messianic mission that he's going to go to the cross and he's going to die, just like that great song that, that we sang, right? Forever. It, it talks about that moment. He's, he shared all this with the disciples. And then he sends out the 70 or the 72, depending on the translation, and, and he sends them out and he says, you know, the, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. God has called you to this ministry. He tells them that you have to travel light, that you have to trust in God and God's provisions. Not even take extra sandals or extra food, but just travel light. And that you've got to stay focused on the mission. And then he fin- finishes the command to send them out this week. Starting with verse 10. It says, when you enter a city and the people don't welcome you, go out in the streets and say, As a complaint against you, we brush off, or some say shake off, the dust of your city that is collected on our feet. But know this, God's kingdom has come to you. And I assure you that Sodom will be better off on Judgment Day than that city. Now, think about this. So I'm I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I don't know if y'all know Enneagram, but seven is, you know, I want the the world to be a party. So if Jesus sent me on a mission, I want to hear, like, it's going to go great that it's going to be a celebration, people will be dancing in the street, and that I get to be a part of that, right? I don't want to hear that people are going to reject the message because I take that very personally, that they're rejecting me as who I am, right? And so this is really hard to hear, and it's a scary thing to hear that as we are sent, as we are launched into mission, people are going to reject the message. They're going to reject God's kingdom, and there may be nothing that you can do about it. And there's just reference to Sodom, that it's worse for these cities than for Sodom. So if you don't remember the story of Sodom, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham is standing outside the city and he's having this conversation with God. It's this really interesting story. And, and Abraham says, okay, if there's 50 righteous people, will you spare Sodom and Gomorrah? And God's like, yeah, yeah, 50, sure. If you find 50 righteous people, I'll spare it. And then Abraham's like, well, what about 45? And he keeps going going, what about 30? And he goes all the way down to 10. And that's the end of the story. And the next thing we hear in the next chapter is that God has sent his angels into the city to save Lot, who's part of Abraham's family, and that he's going to destroy the city. So after all that of going down from even 50 righteous people down to 10, and God's saying, yeah, if you can find 10 righteous people in that city, I will save it. No righteous people were found. Two, just Lot's family, just the the, the handful of people that were in Lot's family, right? They couldn't even find 10 righteous people in that city. And so you know the story, the fire and the brimstone comes, they destroy the city, and it's just a, a, a terrible situation. And Jesus says, it is better for Sodom than for these cities that are going to reject God's kingdom. So why is that? Why is he, what is he saying? Well, he's talking about that he has come with a specific mission. He's come to bring about the kingdom of God. Here is 
God with flesh on. That's what we believe Jesus is, right? God with flesh on in their midst. He is their Messiah and their King. And to reject Jesus' message is to reject Jesus. And to reject Jesus is to reject God. So this is much more like what the, Babylon, or what the, the Jewish people had done by worshiping other gods and rejecting God and saying, hey, we're going to worship these other gods, right? We don't, we don't want your message. We don't want you, what you have to say. You see, the Jewish people wanted their Messiah to be a military leader. They wanted him to come in and conquer the Romans, to kill them all, to kick them out, and put the Jewish people on top, right? They've been oppressed. This was long enough. But Jesus' message was not to bring violence to the world, but to take the violence of the world onto his self. And not only that, but he then tells his followers to take up your cross and follow me. So not about his, putting his followers on top and getting all the privileges and all the wonderful things about being in charge, but to sacrifice and to take the violence of the world on yourself to bring about the kingdom of God. And so many did. They rejected it. And so when he says that it would be worse for you than for Sodom, what he's saying is you're going to continue to fight the Romans, and I'm not going to be with you in this. Now, if God had fought on their side, of course they would have won, right? But, but I'm not in with you with this. I'm not in this rebellion. I'm not in this violence. And they were, there were people who were assassinating Romans. They were ambushing them. They were trying to get them out. And eventually Rome was going to get fed up. And in 70 AD, that is what happens exactly. Is the Romans come in. They destroy the temple. They kick out the Jews all out of Jerusalem. They say, you can't even come back. And they take a bunch of Jews and they spread them out all over the, the Mediterranean. And they bring in other people and populate the area. That's why it's worse for them than it is for Sodom. And so what Jesus is saying is that when people reject the kingdom of God, God is not going to be a part of their life. Now, God may be still trying to work to woo them into the kingdom, but we know that this world is tough and that it's hard to do it on our own, right? We are going to face suffering. We're going to face people who are out to get us. We're going to face struggles, even within our own family. And to do that without God it's going to be painful, and it's going to be difficult. And that's what happens when people reject this message about God's kingdom. To reject Jesus is to reject God. So it's better for Sodom than for these people. And then he tells them this, this incredible thing. He says, you know, shake the dust off your foot, your feet. And that's kind of like a curse, like, ah, I shake my dust at you, you know. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like a curse to say, hey, you know, you, you, we gave you the message. You've done messed up. But it also teaches us some other things too. It teaches us that we are not responsible. Sometimes when we share the message, we think we are responsible for that person, right? But it's ultimately, it's their choice. We cannot make the choice for them. In fact, God does not make the choice for them. Everyone has to make their own choice to say, I follow Christ. And the second part of that is when we shake it off, that we have to be willing not to take that rejection with us. I think a lot of times we take the rejection personally, and we can't do that. We cannot take the rejection with us. So what Jesus is calling us to do through this message, we talk about being launched. You know, we love God. We learn who God is. We say yes to God. We love God and neighbor. We learn what it means to follow Jesus, and then we're launched into mission, right? Into mission and service. So we're called to swing big, and when we miss, shake it off. So what does that mean to swing big? We need to stop having human-sized dreams. We need to stop making this all about our own little world and our own little pet projects and worrying about, will someone like me if I share my faith? 
I can't do that because they might not like it. What if they're offended? We cannot do this. We have to have God-sized dreams and God-sized imagination. I think about I had a, a, a high school student who wanted to build a school in Mali. How awesome was that? Those are God-sized dreams. I had a college student that wanted to build a hospital in the Bahamas. These are ridiculous. These are things that people tell them, you can't do that. That's ridiculous. But those are God-sized dreams that we are called to have. We're all supposed to have God-sized dreams for our neighbors. Do you have people in your life that you know would benefit from, from knowing Christ? Have a God-sized dream for that person. That maybe you could share this great thing that's about your life. That you have this abundant life and that you know Christ. And you have the power of the Holy Spirit. So have a God-sized dream for that person. And the second part is that when we miss, because we will miss, there are people who are going to reject the message. That's what Jesus is saying. There are people who are going to reject this. There are people who are, who are not going to listen to what you have to say. And that's okay. I'm going to tell you guys, if you have God-sized dreams, failure is okay. And now I know, like, all the perfectionists in the room, y'all just went, ooh, right? <laughs> Nothing worse than failure. Failure is okay when we dream big. Failure is okay when we dream big. It's not okay to fail because we didn't show up. It's not okay to fail because we didn't do the work. It is okay to fail when we have big dreams and big imagination and we're doing God's work. In fact, that's when we learn the most. You know, Abraham Lincoln failed 11 times in elections and he only succeeded three times, including being elected president. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> um, we are going to fail. And when we dream big, we're going to fail big, right? And we have to be willing to dream big. And we have to be willing to shake it off when we fail. So shake it off. So swing big, and when you miss, because you will, shake it off. So what that means is that we cannot take the responsibility for other people's choices on ourselves. So when, when Jesus was sending these disciples, he was releasing them. He was saying that you don't have to really worry about what they say. He wanted them to be focused. He was sending them on ahead. He was going to go to those places. He was saying, like, what they decide is not on you. I think that's such an important message for us today. Because we are so afraid to be rejected. You know, if you've ever tried to go on a date, right? Before, before I was married, I used to try to date. And I never had dates. You know why? I never asked anyone out. Because <laughs> I was afraid of rejection. And it's the same thing true when we're trying to share our faith or when we're trying to do big things, right? We're afraid we're going to fail. We're afraid of rejection. And here Jesus is releasing us from that. It's not on you. Shake it off. And then I think this is so big. This came up in our small group when we were talking about this, this passage. Shake it off also means don't carry it with you. That when you are rejected, when there is failure, you can't carry it on to the next time. Because what happens is we stop wanting to be vulnerable. Because like I said, it, it takes vulnerability to share our faith. It takes vulnerability to do something big for God. And when we've been rejected or when we failed, we're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that again. So Jesus is reminding us to shake it off. Swing big. Have big dreams, God-sized dreams. And when you miss, shake it off. You know, I think about what Jesus has called us to do and how the world needs us. The harvest is plentiful, but for some reason, the workers are few. I see many people in this room, though. 
Raise your hand if you have ever given a recommendation on a book to read. Keep them up. What about a movie? You told someone about a movie that you like? A restaurant? Anybody shared a favorite restaurant that they like to go to? What about advice? Anybody like to give advice? This is pretty much everybody with their hands up. So my question, church, you can put your hands down, is if we're willing to share about our favorite book, our favorite movie, our favorite restaurant, if we're willing to give people advice, why are we so unwilling to share the thing that matters the most? Why are we so unwilling to invite people into relationship with God? To let them know that of all the universe that God deeply cares and loves for them. And maybe part of that is because you haven't accepted that for yourself. So I beg you today, if you're at that place where you have not accepted this truth that God loves you, that your sins are forgiven, that all you have to do is say yes to God to be called into relationship with your creator, then I beg you, cry out to Christ. That you want that for yourself. But for whatever other excuses you have, it's time to put them away because we are called to swing big and know that we're gonna miss. To do it for Jesus. And I'd be willing to bet for each of us sitting in this room, we can think about people in our lives who did that for us. For me, I knew the stories of Christ even before I could read. I don't even know who taught me that. I cannot tell you the Sunday school teacher who taught me about Jesus, but I knew Jesus before I could read. And then I can think about the, the pastor who baptized me when I was six years old, about the Sunday school te- teachers when I was a kid and I was a, a bit of a brat, and they loved me anyways, about the youth group and the youth leaders who poured into my life and made sure that I knew love and I knew what love was, about my college pastor who nurtured my call to ministry and the mentors that have poured into me time and time again. I'm here and I'm standing here today because people trusted in God. And so I'm just asking you to take a step of faith. I'm just asking you to launch yourself in a mission to think of the people that you know in your life that God has put before you to share this good news. To swing big, And when you miss, shake it off. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.